Hey guys, this is Corey, and you are listening to the Bible Built Heathen Podcast. Here we discuss everything Bible and some of the oddities that come from the fundamentalist center of Christianity, known as the Bible Belt. Repentance! And awakened in hell! Falling headlong into hell fire! Don't mess with the King James Bible! Within a hundred years, a great majority of people in this building will possibly be in hell. For the devil and his angel. I don't know why you're clapping. I'm talking about you. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seen. So here we are, our first episode of the Speaking Christianese series. And in this first episode, we're going to be looking at the word gospel. And this word will really help us understand some of the words that's going to be coming later. So this is a really good starting point, and we're going to be looking at how it was used in the tradition that I grew up in, and then maybe some corrections that I think are really helpful. So the word is gospel. And I think it goes without saying that it's a pretty important word. You hear it constantly within the, within the church. And so today I want to start with just an understanding of the, my background that I grew up in. I grew up in a very conservative Christian church. And so there was a very particular understanding of the word gospel. And so if I went back to some of the churches that I grew up in and I asked the question, you know, what is the gospel, I would probably get something similar um, to what a lot of people call the Romans Road. And if you don't know what the Romans Road is, it's an, a, kind of an evangelistic tactic that you memorized and it's simple and so you can share it with people as you're just walking down the road, or they call it their elevator speech. You know, So it's called the Romans Road. And basically what happens is they've picked a few verses from Romans, and they basically try to summarize what they consider to be the gospel so they can hand out these tracts. And like I said, it's like a quick speech. So uh, it starts with Romans 3.23, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. In Christ Jesus our Lord, Romans 5.8, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this while we were still sinners. Christ died for us. Romans 10.13, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And then finally, Romans 10.9-10, if you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So that's the Romans road, and that's what I really grew up with as the definition for what the gospel actually is. And I think a lot of people, especially here in the Bible Belt, you would hear something really similar. You know, you might hear that, you know, Christ died for your sins and we're all sinners, but because of his death and resurrection, we are forgiven and we can go to heaven if you believe in, in him. And I'm sure someone at this point will say, well, Corey, what's wrong with that? And my answer is, there's nothing wrong with that per se. Obviously, these are verses picked from the Bible, so there's nothing wrong with them. I, I myself believe they are true, but my issue is the claim that this is the gospel. So when scripture talks about, you know, Jesus or the apostles or Paul, they're proclaiming the gospel, I don't think the Romans road is actually what they would have been proclaiming, right? So, and the reason why I say this 
is just pay attention to the emphasis of the verses mentioned, right? Pay attention to the amount of times the verses mention our or we or you or your or I, right? My contention is that the gospel should not be centered on us. It should be centered on Jesus himself. And this this Romans Road idea is not the gospel itself. It's not the gospel proper. It's not what I think Jesus or the apostles or Paul would have considered as the gospel. And a really good book that I read and it was kind of life-changing was a book by Matthew Bates and it's called Gospel Allegiance. And he he really emphasizes that you know the idea of our sins forgiven and our eternal happiness those are effects of the gospel but it's not the gospel itself and they are what happens because of the gospel because of the contents of the gospel the emphasis should not be on us it should be on jesus himself So the million dollar question is, what is the gospel? And I just want to point out that I'm not trying to dismantle anybody's belief that they were taught, you know, back in Sunday school and grade school and um, or what their preacher told them, you know, 30 years ago. Uh, I'm just simply maybe adding some emphasis on to an understanding that I think is really helpful. So I mentioned earlier that the emphasis should really be on Jesus himself or the person of Jesus, right? So the Greek term in the New Testament for gospel, usually translated gospel, is euangelion. And that's a noun. Uh, There is a verbal form of that word that we're not going to look at right now, but its basic lexical form or definition is good news or glad tidings. And This word just didn't show up out of anywhere. Uh, The biblical authors didn't make this word to put into the Bible. Um, Interestingly enough, around the time of Jesus and Paul, the term was used in what was called the imperial cult in Rome, in the Roman Empire, when talking about the emperor. Uh, The emperor at this time, uh, first century BC, was essentially deified or was turned into a god and was worshipped for the peace and prosperity that he brought to his people or the empire. And this could have been uh, good news of victory of a battle or good news of certain decrees. And there's actually a, an inscription from the first century BC where it uses the term euangelion about the birthday of Caesar. And if we take that idea and we apply it to the uses of euangelion in the Gospels, something really interesting happens. If you look at the occurrences of euangelion, you see that it is a lot of times paired with the idea of a kingdom. It's the good news of the kingdom or the gospel of the kingdom of God. And so we have this idea of you know a deified emperor 
and the good news of the emperor. And then, then, and then in the Gospels, we have the good news of the kingdom of God. So maybe the good news of the kingdom that we find in the Gospels is the good news about Jesus being enthroned as a king, a real king. It's kind of like a polemic against the imperial cult saying, no, no, Caesar is not the king or he is not a god. Jesus is the real enthroned king. And I know that we don't necessarily like mixing politics and religion nowadays. You know, separation of church and state, blah, 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 that sorts of things. But in the first century, those two things are inseparable. So this is saying, no, Caesar, you are not the king. Jesus, the Messiah, is the king. He is the enthroned king. And the gospel of the kingdom is the good news that Jesus is enthroned as king. I think that a really good visual in my head that really helps me picture this idea is basically like a herald. You know, the emperor or the king has won a battle. And here comes the herald. He's running through the streets and he's saying, good news, good news, the king has won. Or the, or maybe the birth of a new king. You know, the, the prince has been born or the king has been born. And I think that's what the biblical authors are trying to get at here is it's, it's heralding or it's proclaiming that the true king has come. So let's look at another, at another example. So if we go to Paul now and we look at an explicit example of the use of gospel or evangelion, and we go to Romans 1, and it's the opening five verses of Romans, which I think is important. So chapter 1, 1 through 5 of Romans, Paul says, and this is the NET version, from Paul, a slave of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God. This gospel he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures concerning his son, who was a descendant of David with reference to the flesh, who was appointed the son of God in power according to the Holy Spirit by the resurrection from the dead, Christ Jesus our Lord. Through him we have received grace and our apostleship to bring about the obedience of faith among all the Gentiles on behalf of his name. So, Look at the language of just these opening few verses, right? We see, you know, gospel promised beforehand through his prophets. Well, what was promised through the prophets? Well, if you go look at Isaiah 52 and Daniel 7, it's these figures that are enthroned at the right hand of God, right? We have the suffering servant. We have Daniel 7 and, and the chariot with the figure, you know, that goes to the ancient of days and he's enthroned. Right? So we have this king, kingly language, this kingdom language. There's also this descendant of David. Right? Well, David was a king. Right? He was a king, and it's saying that this person is a descendant of that kingly lineage. Right? We also have this term, son of God in power. He is a king that was appointed in power, just like it was promised beforehand, like I said, in, say, Isaiah 52 or Daniel 7. So using this idea, or just keeping this in the back of our head, when we see the term gospel, what if what we are supposed to be proclaiming is not necessarily that our sins are forgiven and we are sinful, and I know that those are important aspects, you know, or those are important effects, 
But what we're supposed to be proclaiming to the world is that the rightful king has been enthroned. So just in summary, uh, I'm going to go back to the book by Matthew Bates, uh, Gospel Allegiance. He gives a little expanded summary uh, of the gospel, and he says this. He says, The gospel is the true story of how Jesus the Son was sent by God the Father to become the saving king who now rules forever at his right hand through the sending of the Holy Spirit, fulfilling God's promises in Scripture. Notice the emphasis of that summary. Notice where the emphasis lies. It's not in what we get or the effects of the gospel. It's not about us at all. The emphasis is solely on Jesus, who he is, and he is now the enthroned king because of his death, resurrection, and ascension. It's not about what we receive or the benefits that we get. When we proclaim the gospel, the focus should be on Jesus, Jesus' rule, Jesus' enthronement as the rightful king of this world. And it's because of this message, this message of a king, that our sins are forgiven, that our failures are forgiven, that we are in right relationship with God. And it is because of the message of Jesus himself, he is fulfilling the scriptures and he has now become the rightful king of the world. Thanks for listening to the Bible Belt Heathen podcast. If you enjoyed the content, don't forget to like and subscribe.